Ladies and gentlemen and children of all ages, the Anchor Podcasting Network is proud to bring you the Someday Award-winning podcast, Double Tap, presented by Mulraney Media. I am your host, Mike Mulraney. This is the podcast for best practices in social media, news affecting the industry, and a discussion about freelancing and consulting. On episode four, we're going to be discussing the merger between Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram messaging. We're going to be talking about the rise of Instagram stories and new features associated with it. And we're going to say our final goodbyes to Google+. The great streamlining is upon us. Facebook has announced that its messaging service will, by the end of this year or early next year, be merged with WhatsApp and Instagram's messaging services. These three tools have a collective 3.8 billion monthly active users. For Zuckerberg, he has begun to get more hands-on with the day-to-day operations of WhatsApp and Instagram, the two signature purchases of his tenure as Facebook CEO and founder. In the last year, we've seen WhatsApp's original CEO and founder, along with the Instagram founders, resign following Zuckerberg beginning to exert his control on the platforms he purchased. And this is another way in which he has done that. Before, within Facebook, they had three teams, one per platform, dealing with the uh, messaging for each one of these tools. Now it'll be streamlined. It'll all be under one house. The best news to come out of this merger is that end-to-end encryption will now be available for Facebook and Instagram messages. This will quell security concerns and privacy issues that have frequently begun to become synonymous with Facebook's involvement in a, pro- in a program. WhatsApp has long had the end-to-end encryption, and now we know for a fact that Facebook and Instagram messages will now have this as well. We have already begun to ex- uh, see an expansion in one of Instagram's most popular features, the unsending of direct messages. For a long time, even after people have seen them, you can hold down on any message you've sent on Instagram and unsend that message. Facebook is rolling out this week a similar feature where you will be able to unsend as long as you elect to unsend it within a certain time period. This is great for if you're trying to reach out to a business or organization to see what their social media or freelance needs could be. And for those of us who have written a ton of cover letters, sometimes you go to, you find a pitch that works and you start to copy and paste certain segments. You might read over this message countless times Um, and still forget to change a date or change the business's name. Now you don't have to live with that embarrassment. You can just click on it, unsend it, 
make the change you need and send it back to their business page. That's going to do a lot for people like me who anxiously read every email five or six times before they ever go on and click send just to make sure every dot is made and every T is crossed. So that's one of the great features of this merging. Also, very important here, everything will be under one roof. Facebook is trying really hard to do this with the Facebook app and the Page Manager app. When you click on notifications, you'll see it broken down into page notifications, incoming messages, and Instagram notifications. By streamlining all three of these apps, I imagine that in the Page Manager and Facebook apps, we'll begin to see all messages across all three platforms listed in that nice row there. Facebook, it feels like, is taking a shot at social media management companies where before you might need a Hootsuite or something similar to keep an eye on all of the things that affect your brand or the client you're working for. And now Facebook is consolidating as much of, as much of it as it can under its own umbrella. The streamlining of messages will provide social media managers and marketers with a one-stop shop of answering client requests, seeing where a chatbot might have steered someone the wrong way, or being able to reach out to other pages and business-to-business contacts all under one roof. From what I have read on the upcoming merger, the thing that sticks out the most to me is that now we will no longer need separate chatbots for each social media platform. You'll be able to have one chatbot that works across Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram to reach out to clients, to hear back from consumers if you're working for a brand. And this is going to save you time, it's going to save your client time, and it's going to provide a better overall service for the client or consumer. Wherever they go, wherever they find you, they're going to have the same exact experience because the same program is going to be reaching out to them and discussing what their needs are. Mark Zuckerberg has done a lot to streamline processes for social media managers and marketers. This year 15 of Facebook, it feels as though he's getting more engaged with the day-to-day operations while maintaining a big picture sense. And this kind of streamlining will be good for users. It'll be good for social media managers and marketers. It'll be good for businesses. It makes everything easier at each level for all of us. And as long as Zuckerberg stays engaged, stays involved, keeps this program on schedule, by the end of this year, early next year, we're going to be able to better monitor all of our profiles from one spot and better ensure client and customer relations at each level.
It's been a big week for Instagram. New features are being rolled out for the stories, which now reach 500 million users daily. Instagram now allows you to have a link to the entire story. This is great news for social media managers, content creators, and marketers. We work all week to create specific content that is only up for 24 hours or is then saved in the archive and we have to help people find it through there. By establishing a new link to an entire story, we can continue to promote this story indefinitely. We can put it in email marketing campaigns. We can link to it on Facebook. We can put it in our Instagram biography. We can put it up on LinkedIn. You can put it on the company website. The content you create now has no shelf life under the stories feature. Also, with the growth of HQ trivia and trivia shows and uh, polling on Facebook and on Twitter, Instagram has now rolled out in stories Instagram quizzes where it looks as though you're not constrained by the same polling character answer issues that you are on Facebook or Twitter. It looks like you can just fill the bar right up with however much text you want. This is rolled out in some beta versions across some Instagram users. Not everyone has it yet. It's expected to be available in the spring. Also with Instagram stories, the promote tool, which on the bottom of your story allows you to click more and then it enables you to either drive traffic to your website, to your own Instagram profile, or to prompt viewers to send you a message through your direct inbox. Instagram is doing everything it can to reach the other 500 million users of its platform with Instagram stories. It wants these stories to be successful, for those stories to translate well into Facebook, and for these stories to continue to be worthwhile for marketers, managers, and content creators. By allowing us to link to websites, every single story that you post can now link back to your website. Every story you post could link to a video housed on Facebook or on YouTube or on your company website. And then if you're soliciting advice or if you're running a poll and you're asking people say which logo they like better or which tagline they like better, they can even now message you with what they would like the tagline to be or why they voted the way they did. And this is all invaluable first-person information. You're going to be able to understand what kind of content your users want better. You'll be able to establish a longer shelf life for the kind of content you're creating. And you're going to be able to feel better about where your content is marketed. A post is forever. A story used to be for 24 hours and praying for clicks in the archive. Now, no matter where your story is, you're going to be able to drive eyeballs to it. 
You'll be able to see how a quiz does throughout time. You'll be able to receive messages or see where the clickbacks through the story are to your page. And you're going to be able to, if someone comes across it under a hashtag, drive people to your own Instagram profile. Instagram is trying so hard to get as many people to follow you as possible. With the, change, with the constant changes in the Instagram algorithm, it wants the stories to be the place to get to your profile. Make sure that you're using your name tag, which Instagram has begun to press up on push notifications for. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to those three dots on the menu and I have a dot at discover people and name tag and I always have a dot at name tag and I always change the color and it still won't go away. It wants you to be aware of it. It wants you to put that places where people can scan so that more people can follow you and that more people will engage in your content as it, as it continues to level at, uh, leverage content you're interested in with people you follow and advertisers. So as Instagram continues to roll out new features for the stories, that's where all of the updates are going to go that are going to drive traffic to your business and to your client's business. And I look forward to seeing the just how in-depth the quiz feature rolling out this spring is going to be and if you can pair it with a messaging uh, uh, tool in the more folder on your stories to see if you can get more long-form answers out of the people interested in your page. RIP Google Plus. On April 2nd of this year, Google Plus will be no more. We can play the Sarah McLachlan music. The semi-failed social media platform will be gone. Google sent out an email this week uh, alerting users who have a Google Plus account and may not have seen it for quite some time that if they would like to keep any of the data or pictures or anything they've put up, you'll be able to download that content. For those of us who came of age when Google Plus was launched, you'll remember that Google Plus was so incredibly exclusive that you had to get an invitation to create your account. And then the only way to get on Google Plus when it first started was to receive an invite from someone Google had invited. And there was this secrecy around Google Plus. What was it going to be? How were people going to use it? This is Facebook's first real test of a competitor. Will they go the way of MySpace when Google, with all of its resources, comes in and creates their own social networking site? And it just simply never took off. Google Plus was oftentimes difficult to use. It was difficult to run from a business and marketing standpoint. And the personal connections you established to it just didn't seem as personal as 
Facebook. By the time every user got a Google Plus, it was connected to your Google login, your profile picture was often the picture you associated with your Gmail account. The pictures you uploaded in Gchat or Google Hangouts would then get automatically posted to your Google Plus page. Whether or not that feature was necessarily good is for another time. On April 2nd, Google began deleting content from consumer Google Plus accounts, read the email. Photos and videos from Google Plus in your album archive and your Google Plus pages will also be deleted. If for any instance you also uploaded these photos to your Google Drive or Google Photos, those obviously would not be deleted. Those are safe. The email then went on the process of deleting content from consumer Google Plus accounts, Google Plus pages, and album archive will take a few months, and content may remain through this time. For example, users may still see parts of their Google Plus account via activity log, and some consumer Google Plus content may remain visible to G Suite users until consumer Google Plus is deleted. So... As long as you have a Google account or a Google Plus account, there's a chance that odds and ends will still be there in some manner until Google gets to erasing them for good. It doesn't mean that all of this information will still be available to you. It doesn't mean you'll be able to get to it. But in some manner, it will still be there. Social Media Today described it as, in other words, the ghosts of Google Plus may float around the web for a while after April 2nd, but that is what they'll be, ghosts. You will be able to download and save your data available um, from early March 2019 on. There's still a couple weeks away from that. That's available for community owners and moderators. Additional information about the download will start in March 2019. This information will include author, body, and photos for every community post in a public community. So as long as it was posted publicly, you'll have access to it. You'll be able to save that information in case a client or business reached out to you there or you established a rapport with certain businesses or anything of that nature. You'll always be able to have that data. The email will then go on. If you sign into sites and apps using Google Plus sign-in button, these buttons will stop working in the coming weeks, but in some cases may be replaced by a Google sign-in button. You'll still be able to sign in with your Google account wherever you see Google sign-in buttons. I would encourage everyone who has a Google Plus button on their website or in their social profiles or on their about.me pages to immediately take that down. You, as soon as you hear this news, take it down as quickly as you can. You don't want to leave it up there and forget about it. If you do want to squeeze every last drop you can out of Google+, I would recommend setting an alert in your phone for the last day of March or April 1st 
that says, please take down your Google Plus from your page, or if you can set up that change in the future through your website creation software or through your website builder, I would encourage you to do that as soon as possible. You don't want people going to dead links on your page and you don't want your page to seem outdated or uncared for. It's been an incredibly crazy ride to see Google Plus explode on the scene as something uniquely private, very exclusive, to eventually be open to everyone, never exactly find its footing. There's apparently been some communities that were highly active there, but never enough to completely redraft the platform and give it the same kind of notoriety it had in its early days. I doubt Google will make another foray into social media networking with its, uh, as long as it continues to work through Instagram, it still has, excuse me, YouTube, it still has a very viable advertising base. YouTube still comes preloaded on every Android phone. They're still working with the Android app market. It's still one of the largest cell phone operating systems in the world. It doesn't necessarily have to be in this field. It's a lot like where Amazon started with the Fire Phone, tried to break in, couldn't do it. Google Plus looks like it tried to break in. It just couldn't do it. It held on for as long as it could. And now it's time for Google to leave the marketplace. I'm encouraged, I'm encouraged to hear everyone's Google Plus story. Will you remember it fondly? Do you have the same memories of it being exclusive and only available to certain users? I think the reason I got a Gmail account is to see if I would get into Google+. So if you have any Google Plus stories, I would love to hear from them in our voicemail box available through Anchor. Leave us a message. We'll play it on the air. We'll talk about what good memories we have of Google+, or if we don't have any good memories and it's just a millennial graveyard of what could have been. To end episode four, I wanted to talk a little bit about email marketing campaigns. Now, I had used MailChimp and Constant Contact in the past as more of a public relations tool, as a place to in mass send out emails that's not going through a Gmail server or through Outlook, but more as a place to uh, pick and pop in different uh, logos and links and text and all of that jazz. So it was a great place to see what re- what reporters are opening up, your statements or press releases or columns. I never really used it in a marketing campaign sense. It was more of a public relations tool. So I've basically embarked on my first email marketing campaign with MailChimp. And I downloaded the app uh, earlier today. And what really stuck out to me, and I don't think a lot of people know you can do this on MailChimp, from what I've seen from perusing the internet and Reddit for the past couple of, uh, for the past day, is that if someone doesn't open your original campaign, 
on the app, you can click on a link that will allow you to begin to set up a replica campaign for just the people who didn't open the original email. And when I went to the desktop version of this to work through a, uh, hey friend, you missed my letter, I think it's of great interest of you, please see it again kind of email replica campaign. It's incredibly easy. It lends itself to one of those almost fall forwarding emails where it says, hey, I noticed that you requested my email newsletter on this. I can't help but notice that you might have missed it this week. Here is the here is my here is my newsletter again. You know, it can be from either the person who sends the original email, if it's, you know, Mulraney Media's social media news roundup and it comes from me. And then you can say, like, it comes from my assistant. Uh, hey, I saw you didn't get to see this. Or if you want to do the re-up email right from you, that's fine too. But that's such a cool feature. It really gave me an idea of how those kind of email emails come to me when I either don't open up a fundraising email or something else, or if I look at a coupon email and I don't necessarily click on anything, you can go through and see who has and hasn't engaged with it. Um, and I have an email address that I just had, and I'm trying to get another email address just so I can have one for newsletters and coupons because I get probably 25 emails between midnight and 7 a.m. when these people send out their promotional emails. So it, it was an interesting way to understand how this has happened to me in the past. And moving forward, I'm definitely going to begin to use it to better connect with the individuals who have signed on to my client's letter. MailChimp does warn you repeatedly emailing people who have not opened it. People are more likely to subscribe it as spam, excuse me, spam or uh, not open it or unsubscribe and I think that the as long as it's just one follow-up email or if you have the opportunity, there's something like the last five campaigns, if they're not opening it, I think the good outweighs the bad of, do you still want to be on this list? Are you receiving our content? Should we update your contact information with a new email address? Is there a better way to reach you? All of these things would be better served in advancing a email marketing campaign with MailChimp. If you use constant contact and it allows for something like this as well, I would love to hear that. Again, reach out to our voice mailbox here on Anchor. But MailChimp's was so incredibly easy. It was the exact same email and I just dragged and dropped over a text box above the original email. Friend, I saw you haven't opened this one this week. It was so incredibly useful. Um, just because I have a greater familiarity with MailChimp, I don't know much about Constant Contact. If it's still, if it has that mechanism built within it to prompt you to send a follow-up email, I would love to hear about that. I have always found MailChimp to be more user-friendly, but it's really just splitting hairs. Um, MailChimp's free campaign 
2,000 subscribers, 12,000 emails is really difficult to beat. And I'm very comfortable with it. But if constant contact's the way to go, if you think people, if you know of more MailChimp hints or constant contact hints, we're trying to build a freelancer consultant community here. Let us know. Let everyone know. We can all succeed together. We all don't have to fall in the same potholes. We can make everyone better and provide better services so that everyone's newsletters and Facebook ads and Google ad buys and SEO scores can be the best that they can be. All right, that'll do it for episode four of Double Tap, presented by Mulraney Media. I'm your host, Mike Mulraney. Be sure to subscribe, comment, and rate this podcast. It goes a long way in helping us grow our community of freelancers, consultants, and social media managers and marketers. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and despite my grievances with them, Fiverr. Everywhere it's Mulraney Media, spelled the way it appears in the podcast logo. If you enjoyed this content, we have a precursor to every podcast on our Instagram TV channel called Quick Hits, where you'll get a taste of what's going to be on the podcast that week. There's always even a precursor to that as a video on our Instagram page, Mulraney Media. If you are intrigued about what our consulting firm does, please reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram. And we would love to sit down and talk to you about what our agency can provide you. This podcast is everywhere you can find podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you can listen to podcasts, we'll be there. We're working on our Wix website. If you know any hints or any steps with Wix that could be of value, please let me know. If any topic you would like to hear discussed, if you think we're focusing too much on a certain platform, let me know. All feedback is valuable. We're trying to grow this as a community and we want everyone to be heard. We want to hear your stories, what's been successful, what's failed, what could help, what's hurt, what new programs and features are out there. We can't keep track of it all one-on-one, one one, but we can keep track of it all together. I look forward to hearing from you. And I look forward to seeing you on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, Mulraney Media. We will hear from you next week for Episode 5. Thank you.